our Faith Bridge Women's podcast, where we're exploring faith lived out. I'm your host, Ashley Irvin, and I'm so excited for our episode today. I've got Ann Barber here with me, and she's going to talk with us about her own life and experience with wisdom. She's one of the most wise and discerning women that I've had the privilege of just spending time with. And I know every time I walk away from conversation with her, I feel encouraged and spurred on in faith. And fun fact, actually, Anne helped co-write and helped us with our Bible study curriculum over Proverbs that our women are studying this fall. Um, And so we'll get to hear a little bit about that as well, which I'm really excited. So Anne, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I'd love to hear from you. Just tell us a little bit about your family and your history with FaithBridge. Sure. Um, My husband and I have four children. We have a blended family and we live here in spring. We have been members of FaithBridge for about 10 years, the FaithBridge wow. community. Yeah, awesome. Well, we're so glad that you're a part of the FaithBridge community. Me especially. I love spending time with you, Anne. So thanks Thank for you, joining Ash. us. Well, I'd love to hear, first of all, just how has biblical wisdom had an impact on your life? Wow, that is a loaded question. <laughs> um <laughs> I think biblical wisdom, it's just been a game changer for me, Ashley. Um, When it comes to just living out Christianity in a relevant and loving way, navigating life, just the real practical things of life, it's just really helped me a lot. And essentially, I think what it has done is connected me to the mind of Christ. It Mm. says that we've been given the mind of Christ but then we have to mine that out. We have to dig that out. And so once we start digging that out, you know, we can start understanding what God means, what he wants Mm -hmm. for our lives, our community, our families, relationships. And then we just start being able to apply that. And more importantly, I think it's taught me about love, how to love God and how to love others. I mean, that's the most important thing, right? And so I love that part about it. Um, I think also I love its practicality. You'll probably hear me talk about that a lot. It's very, very practical. It's the nuts and bolts of life. Often it's not some sort of esoteric navel gazing you know, sometimes we do have to look inside of us and be introspective, but it's very practical, like serving, like you just came from here from bridging for tomorrow. It's a place where we serve our communities. And I'm, I'm not sure what you did there, but I would imagine it was how to practically reach out in a loving way to our community. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I love, well, there's so many good things in what you just shared. And so just thinking about that idea of mining out the mind of Christ and and finding that wisdom to guide our lives. And I think that takes so much intentionality day to day because we have everything else fighting for our attention in every other space of, um, of ways that we're living. And so how how have you intentionally mined out the mind of Christ? Like what are some things that you have done to make that an intentional practice in your life? Well, I think a big thing for me is loving silence. Mm. Now, I know that's crazy and it sounds crazy, but I think getting quiet and turning things off, one thing that I've tried to embrace is some digital minimalism. Yeah. Just to turn some things off 
not some notifications off because there are so many things that vie for my attention, mm -hmm. whether it's a podcast like this or a vlog, I have to be very, very intentional about that. So that's the first thing and being intentional about what I listen to. But in regards to biblical wisdom, it is just seeking that out every day. And I think we're going to talk about that maybe just in a little bit. So yeah. yeah. Definitely. I love that. Well, and also with what you shared earlier about wisdom being something very practical too, what are some practical ways that wisdom has uh, impacted your life or something like a, a practical piece of wisdom that you have applied um, that you can think of off the top of your head? Sure. I can think of one uh, pretty quickly. Um, when I was young, like in my twenties and, you know, in your twenties, you think, Oh, I've got the world by the tail, but really you're kind of a rookie. I was a rookie and I was a rookie Christian too. I had was very young Christian and I hadn't really read through all the Bible yet. I was working my way through it. Hadn't really got to Proverbs a whole lot. And so I was working in commercial real estate and development with, and I had a good friend and she's like, Hey, can you co-sign for me? You know, I can't get a telephone. And, and back then, you know, we had telephones, not mobile phones. Yeah. And, and she was like, I said, sure. You know, I wanted to help her out. I wanted to be nice. I thought it was a cool thing to do and, and just to be kind. But I, what, what I did was I did end up co-signing for her and I did get stuck paying mm. for a rather large phone bill. Yeah. And if I had worked through Proverbs where it says, it warns us, don't co-sign for people. And yeah. there is a difference between a co-sign and a loan, which I won't go into here, but there's a reason why Solomon, you know, admonished us to say, he said, don't do that yeah. because usually we end up footing the bill for that. Right. So, yeah, that's good. That's such a practical and, and good example of just how that wisdom can impact us day to day. I love that. Well, what's a, a time or a memorable season where you have realized the importance of wisdom? You kind of hit on that a little bit with your story just then, but where is a, a memorable season where you realize the impact and the importance of wisdom in your life? Sure. Um, wow. I think for me, it's parenting mm. and relationships. Mm -hmm. Those two things, which parenting is a relationship, <laughs> uh, you know, I think that there are so many memories when my kids were little and the, the thing that comes to my mind is the whole idea of discipline and correction. Mm. And we studied that in Proverbs and not only for ourselves, but, you know, as a parent, as a mom, even as a grandmother, mm -hmm. um, Hebrews 12, I think it's 11 has this great scripture where it says discipline for the moment is sorrowful, right? Yeah. But in the end, those who've been, who have been trained by it produce the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Mm. And, you know, when you're disciplining, when, when I'm being disciplined or corrected, or I have to discipline a child when they were younger, everybody was sad. No one, it wasn't a fun thing. Right. <laughs> you know, we were all jumping up and down and throwing confetti, right? We were just like, yeah. Ah. But, but I think over the long haul, sticking with that is something that's so important. It's a biblical concept of wisdom. That's extremely important. 
And um, one memory that I can think about is I had a, I have a beautiful daughter. She's an adult now, but she was a very, very strong-willed personality like me. Yeah. And um, it, she was two and a half years old and decided to wake up at 5.30 in the morning, right? So, of course, I've got to get up at 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> and she had a little sister, but her sister was sleeping. And um so we're up between 5.30 and 6.30. And the whole time she's extremely oppositional and throwing tantrums for an hour. And by 6.30 in the morning, Ashley, I was in tears. Now, mind you, that's no small feat because I have a strong personality, but <laughs> I was broken down in tears. Yeah. And, you know, I'm disciplining her on and off for an hour. You got to go to timeout. You know, she gets out of timeout. But... And I kept, you know, thinking we're going to go through these cycles of discipline and nothing is changing. Mm -hmm. But I think whether it's the toddler years, the teen years, if you're a, a parent or a grandparent or you have adopted kids, mm -hmm. you know, where you've adopted them from another family situation. I think that um, in the end, you know, my daughter has just a beautifully uh developed woman and yeah. she has chosen wise qualities for her life mm -hmm. and i just admire and respect her for that yeah wow and what a, a neat um even just application of especially for moms who are listening that have the toddlers at home there to throw in the 5 30 a.m <laughs> tantrums i know that that is ministry to hear that but to think about how we can even apply that to our own lives like you've seen your daughter now grow up from throwing those tantrums and the discipline that you had to enact as her mom to now she is making wise choices and i think we can even look at our own lives and think because that same scripture, I think, where it says that God disciplines those he loves. And so in that same discipline that you're enacting towards your daughter, like God's doing with us, and we may throw tantrums and think, well, I've not grown any than I did last year. Like, what am I doing? But to take the time to look back that far back into our own walk with Christ and say, I'm not who I was 10 years ago or even a year ago. If you look back at the way that God grows our faith and how it takes engaging wisdom on a regular basis, especially when you want to throw a tantrum and cry, <laughs> you know, when those <laughs> things are coming up, but that's how God grips our hearts and it, it takes, it's a slow process. And so mm -hmm. I love that story and application and with your daughter, I think that is perfect. So it's awesome. So uh, who are some of the people, I guess, like as you look back on your life and as you've engaged wisdom, who are some of the people that have spurred you on towards wise living? And, and what did they maybe share that impacted you the most? I, man, I've had so many teachers, Ashley, just so fortunate to have great teachers like, you know, the pastors that we have yeah. come in and teach and our pastors at FaithBridge you know, on other platforms. But I think for me, if we want to take that closer to home to, I have been very fortunate to have a handful, just a few women in my life, a coterie of women mm -hmm. advisors yeah, who speak into my life and who will tell me what I need to hear good, bad, ugly, indifferent, you know, sometimes I'll take it as indifferent, but it wasn't meant yeah. to be indifferent. <laughs> you know, just to help me through life, living life together, rubbing shoulders together. And um, 
One of my friends, Jan, she's uh, been a mentor friend for like over 30 years. Yeah. Yeah, that's a long time. And one of the first things I can think about is when we were young and we had young kids together and we were sharing life together, she corrected me one time. She called me up and corrected me one time for not correcting her. You know, we call it a rebuke in the Bible. Yeah. I like to call it call it correction because rebuke's just a hard thing for me to say. <laughs> but 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 it's a correction, and and I'd never had that happen to me before. Someone corrected me for not correcting her. Mm. You know, and I thought about that. Don't you think, Ashley, that that's such a valuable thing? Yeah. To feel confident enough in a relationship and trusted enough Mm -hmm. that when someone corrects you, it's coming from the right place. Yeah. Wow. Definitely. Well, and even to think about like the, the strength and the love that she would have for you to say, I'm not going to let this sit. And even at the expense of, you know, if maturity wise, y'all aren't at the same place and you, she calls you up and you're like, well, gosh, our relationship is severed now because you've done this thing to me, you know, like if we're not in a place to receive it, but that she trusted God and his conviction in her enough to call you up and say that to you. And I think I can think of uh, several instances for myself where someone has corrected me and it really stunk in the moment. Like I really didn't like it. Like you're saying, it's like you're throwing tantrums at 530 in the morning. You're like, no one's happy. This is not a happy thing. But it always leads to growth and health for all of us. And I, I'm sure anybody listening could probably think of the the situations where maybe somebody has said something that in the moment stung but was good for spurring on their faith and walking with greater wisdom because I think wisdom does sting in the moment because it it goes against our natural inclination for sin and wanting to do what is not righteous. And so it actually pushes us on that path that of righteous living and that is not comfortable most days. So No, not at all. But it's such a wonderful thing. And I, I like how you you really brought that topic up, Ashley, and you you know, one thing that I thought about is when I have gone to that length with some women, that's how you can test the waters to see how teachable mm. someone is. Yeah. Because if they get extremely defensive and then there's no follow-up, no questions, and they just drop it, it just tells me that they're just not ready for that yet. Yeah. And that that's a good gauge for me when I'm you know, navigating relationships with women, it tells me how far I can take it or where I should take it. Mm -hmm. And so I've learned a lot from that give and take with the women that I trust um, on how to navigate relationships. Yeah, that's a good word. Absolutely. Because I think it's, uh, what is the, there's a proverb I know that that it's coming to mind and I'm probably going to butcher it because I don't have it memorized, but that idea of like a, a word spoken in season I can't remember the second part of that, but how, how good it is a word spoken in the right season. And I think it's using that discernment. Is this the place where it's going to be received too? Um, is this going to bring help or, or, you know, is someone in a place of being teachable to want to be corrected in that way? Right. And I, as you were talking about that, you know, the flip side of that is there's a proverb that says that there is life and death. Yeah. Is it in the power of the tongue? Uh-huh. And so I think rather than seeing a re- reproof or a correction mm-hmm. as something that's hurtful, 
I think the flip side of that is we, when we ponder it, we, we think about it, we can say, is this life giving? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, a good word too. And I think in the culture that we're in, we have, everything is telling us to build our own kingdom. And it's, I think that kingdom is inspired by a lot of insecurity and, um, and thinking that our security is in the pride and what we have our successes and accomplishments and, and building that up so that nobody can break it down. But that humility is the opposite that says, I'm not building my kingdom and actually I need to be broken down in order to succeed in God's kingdom. Like that means letting go of myself and the own, my own kingdom that I'm building and saying, I want to hear that correction and rebuke because it's, you know, it's, that's engaging wisdom within community. It's, it's not just reading the Bible, but it's also letting other people in close enough to, like you said, rub shoulders so that they can say those things and point that out when you're not aware of something or there's a blind spot or even just something that happens and you know you think it's no big deal but it actually is mm-hmm. and someone brings it up to you and it, it's helpful for our growth and faith in that yeah it's unifying and it th- it makes me think about that whole slogan that we've had lately is stronger together yeah right? yeah and so we are stronger together when we have those interactions and that's how we grow intrinsically stronger together as women of God. Yeah, absolutely. Way to bring it back to our church theme too. <laughs> that's absolutely right. Um, well, how have you made biblical wisdom a part of your daily rhythm? Is that like, tell me practically, what are some ways that you make sure that you're engaging it regularly so that it's a part of your life? That is, that's a really good question. And I, I think it's just making space every day mm-hmm. to expose myself to the truth of the word of God, the Bible yeah. and prayer. It's that simple. And recently I finished the book earlier in the year, Atomic Habits by James Clear. I don't know if you've heard of that book, no, but I it's haven't. a phenomenal book. It's so challenging and thought provoking. And he talks about atomic habits and In chapter 19 of that book, he talks about motivation and how even the best of leaders have issues with motivation Mm. and boredom. Mm. And I think when we, it comes to our Christian walk and the discipline of that for me, some mornings I just sit down on my patio to have my quiet time and my mind is racing. I'm thinking I have 20 other things to do right right now. And I can maybe just be more productive, but it's really not true. It's like this mini deception, right? Yeah. And and so after reading that chapter, I thought about that and I thought, I asked myself this question, isn't reading the Bible and having a quiet time where you're really trying to listen to God Mm -hmm. and hear him? aren't those the two foremost atomic habits for a Christian? Yeah. And, and so, you know, the next time I feel bored or you feel bored, you can say, no, this is an atomic habit, man. Right. Things happen. Things will explode Mm -hmm. and be impactful if I keep at this. And so that's kind of how just staying on the course and being consistent. Yeah. Well, I love that you bring up that idea of boredom because I think we can, when we make it a habit, sometimes it does feel like, well, you know, like a lot of the excuses I know when I was early in my faith is, 
well, I just don't feel like it, or I just don't feel God in this like I did, you know, last week, whatever. And so I'm not going to read today, but I think it's that engaging the habit because you know that it's good. And like you said, it's an atomic habit. It's going to lead to greater things. And in that day by day, when you choose to engage, even when you feel bored or you feel like, well, this is not, you know, as awesome as it was when I first started, or, you know, you get in that plateau but choosing to engage, that's when that greater change happens because you're building those habits that lead to a lifetime of difference and a lifetime of, of walking through that. It's interesting how, you know, the whole concept of being still and quiet and listening and reading and studying the word of God that is just this kind of still action, right? Yeah. Becomes the kryptonite for our lives as Christians. The power of the Holy Spirit then is able to flow freely in our lives to make yeah. changes for transformation. Uh, so we can love people and change our community. And, and I, I just can't speak highly enough about that quiet time, whether yeah. it's in the morning, the afternoon, your lunch hour, whenever. Right. Yes. Given that space, it is so important and has been I personally impactful for me too, is making the space to be in God's word and, and to engage with him in fellowship through prayer. And um, when I know that I notice a, mark, a remarkable difference in how I feel or how I lead things or how I even, you know, my attitude for the day changes when I engage that first, or at least take the time, even if it's five minutes, you know, I think that's where Maybe some of us can get stuck in that legalism of, well, it's got to be this perfect 30 to 45 minutes where I sit down with my coffee and I have my Bible open and I'm uninterrupted and I can just read, you know, and study and do inductive study. And it's like some days it doesn't look like that. Actually, most days it doesn't look like that. But choosing to say, however I can get it in, I'm going to get it in um, because I know that I need it. I know that there's desperation in my life because everything else is a force pulling me in the opposite direction. So... Right. And there's no condemnation in that if you happen to, you know, it's it's just different, you know, for yeah. you on different days. Like you said, I love that you're giving yourself grace, Ashley, mm -hmm. as long as you're fitting it in. It might be like when you're, you know, blow drying, but you're doing it. Yeah. And I think that's so important. Absolutely. Well, and I think it it shows it reveals the priorities of our hearts when when other things take precedence. And there are seasons where, you know, like you said, there is no condemnation if we're not able to find the time. But are we making a time audit of our days and saying, I know I've got this five minutes here instead of scrolling Instagram for, uh, you know, <laughs> sitting on the couch doing that and numbing out or watching Netflix or whatever it is that we're doing that we're filling our extra space with that we're like, okay, I am going to make this a priority. So I love that you bring that up. I think, like you said, that's the only way that we can uh, actively digest wisdom is to actually be reading it and putting it in our lives and in front of our eyes daily. So it's important. So what wisdom is God working in your heart today and in this season? Like what is something from God's word that has just been marinating with you or something that he has captivated you with in just the last week? Oh, I think for me, it would have to be after working through Proverbs. Yeah. We're almost done, right? Yes. Such a wonderful reminder about my tongue, Ashley. Mm. That is, I love people. I love to listen to them. 
I love to find out what makes them tick. Mm-hmm. So anytime that I can be reminded through the wisdom of Proverbs or other areas in the Bible to listen better. Yeah. Really just be fully present with people and listen to them. Mm-hmm. I think that is so important. So I think I can always improve my listening skills. That is the one thing. Mm-hmm. And um, there in Proverbs 18, 13, it says she who answers, I like to put a, a, a female pronoun in there because yeah. it makes it personal, right? Yes. She who answers before she hears it is folly and shame to her, mm-hmm. right? And, and so, and I think there's also a scripture in the New Testament that says that we are to be quick to hear yeah. and slow to speak. And in our day, especially slow to anger. Mm-hmm. And so listening is this wonderful skill. And after we've worked through Proverbs almost all the way through again, you know, I've essentially come out with the whole truth that wise people listen yeah. More than they talk. Yeah, that is a yeah. good word. Thank you for that. And because that's encouraging to me, too. I think it's and like you said, I've been working through Proverbs along with our ladies. And I think that it, the way that we wield our tongue, like you said, that Proverbs, I think it's in Proverbs 18, where it says there's life and death in the power of the tongue. And I don't know that we talk like that a lot of days. We think that our tongues don't wield the power that they do, but they, I think it's James that says it can light uh, that small light that can light a wild flat fire. Um, and so are we wielding it like it has power? And if you have power, you know, you don't use it uh, you know, recklessly. And so how are you using it? That's a good word for sure. Well, and thank you so much. This has been so encouraging. I always enjoy when we get to talk together, but thank you for sharing your wisdom with all of our ladies who are listening. And, um, we love to end our episodes the same way each week, which is by asking all of our guests the same question. So I want to know, and what's something that has brought you joy this week? Oh, oh, it's, I think one thing that's brought me joy this week is I've just seen people out having a great time uh, this fall, enjoying each other. I saw a woman today buying flowers at the grocery store, and I thought someone is going to receive so much happiness from that today. So that's one thing that brought me joy this week. That's something that just happened this morning. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. I know the cool weather has been such a blessing. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Not sweating outside like the Houston heat. Definitely. Well, To everyone listening, thank you for tuning in and inviting us into your headphones, into your car, your home, or your phone speaker. And I hope that this conversation has been encouraging and uplifting for you today. We'll be back again next week with a new episode. But until then, my friends, have a most wonderful week. Thanks for listening to the FaithBridge Women's Podcast. Our prayer is that God would use each episode to edify and encourage your spirit as we seek to be stronger together in Christ. To hear more from FaithBridge women and to discover other great stories of God working in the lives of FaithBridgers, head to faithbridge.org slash podcasts and subscribe today.